Hi, everyone, and welcome to Episode 16 of the Tick Bootcamp Podcast. The title of today's interview is Medical Bill Gurus, an interview with co-founder Daniel Lynch. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's podcast guest is one of the co-founders of Medical Bill Gurus, Daniel Lynch. Medical Bill Gurus is a patient advocacy service created to help patients navigate the financial complexities they face when utilizing the healthcare system. When Mr. Lynch and his co-founder, Alex Lopera, began their business model, they did not anticipate that a majority of their business would be generated from patients suffering from chronic diseases and Lyme disease. Because they were thrown into an unfamiliar world of tick diseases and chronic illnesses, they pivoted their learning to become experts in the area to serve their customer base. Today, medical bill gurus travel around the continental United States to meet with families to help them overcome the financial stresses brought on by Lyme disease and to bring awareness to their tick diseases that are affecting so many of their patients. Welcome, Daniel Lynch. Daniel, can you please start by telling us what inspired you to start Medical Bill Gurus? Yeah, man. Um, so um, I have a personal relationship just to the how broken our healthcare system is. And so I used to be a former structural engineer, and, you know, I, I had a very blessed life. I had a great family, but just like so many other families, um, you know, the healthcare system failed them. We couldn't get the right treatments. We couldn't find where to go. And before you know it, these expensive lab tests, diagnostics, et cetera, for my sister and my father who had chronic illness, before you know it, my family um, filed bankruptcy. And I'm never going to forget the feeling of what it was like to have my mom, you know, have that piece of paper on the table that she didn't want me to know about. And, and the reality is, is that my family became a victim, like so many others of our healthcare system, and fell through the cracks financially because the system is so difficult to navigate, and it's not set up to help patients. It's set up for for you know, I don't, I don't even know what it's set up for sometimes, my friend. You know, I, I think about our healthcare system, and as an engineer, I see so many problems that need solutions, and we have the technology. We have the way to do it. We just need someone who actually cares about the patients, and that's what Medical Book Gurus is here for. That's great. So, Daniel, your your desire really to start Medical Bill Gurus is to help other families battle insurance companies and navigate through this mess of just nonsense that's out there and help them get the care and the coverage they need, Right. Yes, I mean, and, and the reality here is that seven out of ten medical bills, even outside the Lyme world, have errors. Um, you know, people receive bills in the mail um, from going to the ER or, you know, a doctor down the street, and they don't know any better if that bill is accurate, if that amount's, you know, fair. They're just going to pay that bill because they don't know how to interpret the bill. They don't know how to navigate the system. And so we're here to help be that the medical billing slash patient advocacy entity to help them navigate the system and hopefully get some money back because, you know, in certain situations when your health is on the line, every dollar counts. So then you really just want to make sure that no other family has the same experience that your family is. Isn't that what motivated you to move forward with this effort? I think about my family every day, and when I have a soccer mom call in and tell me her story, you know, a soccer mom from Danbury, she went to a soccer game, and, you know, she, she got tick bite, and, you know, I hear the story that it makes me think of my family and that stomach-sinking feeling. And, you know, every time I can help someone and I can help them navigate the system, get money back, um, that's what powers me, man. And, you know, there's so many people who need our help. And I just, I, I love and I've never felt so passionate about something for my life because so many people need help. So many people are desperate for help and there's no one to help them. Daniel, I know myself, when we spoke offline, that I had to actually pay a lot of money out of pocket for my Lyme experience. And now I know there are other options out there from our discussion, but a lot of our followers in social media and from our podcast 
aren't aware of what their options are. And I think your service is so great in the fact that you know how to navigate those waters and you can help so many people who are sick. And not only who are sick and, and need help, but oftentimes when you're sick, you can't even think properly. So if they can't have a, a proper thought process, how are they going to be able to get themselves the proper care and coverage? And I think you can really be their, their brain, for lack of a better word, as, as they need to progress to get the coverage they need for their health care, right? Yep, yep. And that's the goal here is that, you know, the average patient with chronic illness, they have good days, they have bad days. Um, but most of all, they shouldn't be spending their time fighting with the insurance company. They need to, fight, they need to spend their time on healing and, and focusing on what's going to get them better. Um, but the reality is, is that when you go out of network to non-contracted providers, the insurance companies, um, you know, they're, they're not contracted. So it's a difficult process to navigate because there's so many different variables and moving parts. Our goal here is to help navigate that system from start to finish, and we're very familiar with the complexities, but for the average patient who's maybe just going down that journey of diagnosis and, you know, starting to figure out the next steps, it's an uphill battle, and it's something that they honestly will make them even more stressed, and if they're more stressed, that can even make the health worse. We want to take all that stress away, um, but it's such a broken system. We just, I can't tell you how many hours we spend on the insurance companies advocating for patients. So are you finding that the... Lyme experience is different than any other experience? Um, well, here's the reality is that, you know, a Lyme patient, when they, when they get a diagnosis, right, the, the majority of them think, hey, you know what, I'm just going to go in-network my $25 copay and it's going to be okay. Um, you know, if they even have a diagnosis, right, a lot of them will go in-network, jump around, but the reality is, is that most patients, you know, I don't know any other diagnosis where every single Lyme literate doctor almost is completely out of network cash-based. And so a lot of these Lyme patients end up just stomaching $500,000 of consult um, with no way to get that money reimbursed typically unless they know how to submit claims on their own and navigate the system. But for the Lyme community, I mean, um, I can't think of another community that's more, I guess, separated from the healthcare institution of Western medicine just because of a lot of the therapies are alternative in nature. They are integrative in nature. There's a lot of different, um, you know, components of those treatments that are not billable to the insurance. And, you know, to be honest, you know, there, it's just a really difficult to, to even submit those claims or, or figure out what is billable and whatnot um, once you do find the right doctor. But, Daniel, the reason, the reason so many of the doctors are out of network is because the insurance companies have consistently attacked doctors who are Lyme literate and they've attacked the therapies that they've used. So largely what's happened is most of the Lyme literate doctors have stepped out of the insurance community because they don't want to deal with the consequences of, treating their patients the way their conscience calls them to treat them, uh, and then have to deal with the uh, medical boards who will who will be sicked upon them by the insurance carriers. Yes. Well, so, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole too much, but this is what I'll tell you, okay, is that the reality of an alternative integrated functional medicine practice is that it's going to be cash-based, right? Um, they, do, they do not do insurance because they've opted to do cash, so that way that they can – you know, run their business as they need to and not worry about, you know, building the insurance for a 15-minute console and maybe they need an hour with that patient. Personalized medicine and concierge medicine is the reality of what Lyme disease treatment is, okay? But it's very, very expensive. And when you go out of network, it makes it even more difficult. Um, but, you know, the reality here with how healthcare system is set up in America is that if it's not in network, the insurance companies are not obliged to pay for anything. They're not contracted to pay for anything. So it's just an uphill battle from the start. So what what would a uh, family who is dealing with a child that has Lyme disease need to know uh, about how to work with you? Yeah. 
So, you know, in a nutshell, medical bill gurus, what we provide to the Lyme community amongst all the other patients we work with is that we're a third-party insurance billing service, which means that we're going to be able to actually take any of the bills or treatments that you receive and identify the billable services, prepare the claims, and submit them to the insurance on your behalf. Um, you know, in order to qualify for our service, you need to have an out-of-network PPO insurance policy, okay? It needs to be private insurance. It can't be Medicare. It can't be Medicaid. It can't be an HMO. It needs to be a private insurance policy that has out-of-network coverage to let you go anywhere. We actually do help patients to go to, to other countries, um, particularly Mexico and Germany, and we can do that as well as long as they have elective international coverage. Any treatments that are under an MD, a naturopath, or a doctor of osteopathic medicine that has an, an MPI number and is a licensed medical professional, there's usually some components of treatments that are billable to the insurance, but you've got to realize, you know, maybe not everything's billable, but every dollar you can get back. So if you wanted this, and spent maybe, say, 20000 thinking you weren't going to get anything back, and maybe you get a couple thousand or 10000 that's, that's a nice little, you know, cherry on top to get back. Um, you know, but, you know, our goal here is that we're going to do our best to navigate the system, and we work on a contingency-only basis. So if we don't get any results for you, then we have no fee whatsoever. Because the system is difficult to navigate, you know, we either say we win together, we lose together, um, but I, I personally could not invoice anybody unless I indeed get them some results. Can you can you explain in a little more detail what a contingency fee system is? Yeah. So a contingency fee is based on a contingency, right, which would be the idea that a certain outcome occurs. So for us, our contingency is based on that we get money back for you from, from the insurance for your treatment. So whatever reimbursements we do secure on your behalf, we get a commission of 20% of whatever that amount is. So, um, you know, if we were to get $10,000 back from the insurance, then our fee would be $2,000, um, but that would include everything from checking your benefits, preparing the claims, submitting the claims, navigating the system, and hopefully in the, getting the end goal of getting reimbursements um, mailed to you directly. So, Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about what type of successes you've had in working with people who have had Lyme disease and challenges with their insurance carrier? Yeah, so um, we, you know, my my partner's been doing this for 20 years, and we we have over 20 years of experience backing us, and, and I can tell you we've gotten great results um, of all scales and magnitudes. The reality is that every single insurance policy is going to be different. It's going to be based on what's your out of network uh, deductible, what's your out of network max out of pocket, what's the quality of that policy, is it a group plan, was it a personal plan through the marketplace, etc. But you know, our goal here is that we typically, you know, for us you know, we try to strive for maybe 40 to 60% of what you spend. Sometimes we get significantly more than that. Sometimes we get significantly less than that. It really depends on where did you go. Did you go to a clinic that did a lot of IVs, or did you go to a clinic that did stem cells um, with ozone, hyperbaric oxygen? You know, um, you know, for instance, you know, we can't bill for stem cells. We can't bill for ozone or hyperbaric oxygen, but we can bill for IVs. We can bill for doctor consults. There's, there's certain services. So, you know, what, what did you have done? How much did you spend? Where did you go? Did you go international? You know, we can get some international treatments covered, but again, it goes down to the specifics. What did you have done? Um, so my rule of thumb is I say, hey, our goal is 40, 60 percent, you know, um, if the stars align. Realistically, you may only get 10 to 20 percent depending on your insurance. Um, you know, the, the reality here is most, most patients don't know how to actually read their insurance policy. They don't know what their deductible is. They don't know what their max out of pocket is. So if you were to write a simple, you know, equation and, and say, okay, the total amount that you spend 
you know, divide it by two minus your network deductible minus, you know, your max out of pocket with the, you know, the co-insurance, you know, that would give you a rough number of what we potentially get back. But just keep in mind, there's some things that are just truly alternative experimental nature that we cannot build. We cannot build supplements. Um, but at the end of the day, that's why we work on the contingency. So that way we're going to go through everything. We're going to identify what is billable. We're going to code it out. We're going to find a way to get to, to hopefully get those reimbursements. And at the end of the day, if we don't get results, we have no fee whatsoever because we either win together, we lose together. But, um, you know, it, it's very difficult. But, you know, with patients, I say don't don't bank on getting money back if you're getting treatment, okay? Just go do the treatment because it's the right thing to do. It's what you were planning to begin with. But then if we get something back, then that's awesome. You know, I love nothing more than to talk to a patient who's at an IV clinic for, like, maybe a couple months, and, you know, they're getting low on funds. They, um, you know, they spent their life savings, their retirement, and all of a sudden they get a check back, and then they can go get additional treatment, and they don't need to leave that treatment because I know sometimes you just got to keep going and hammering it until you just knock it out. But the issue is a lot of patients do run out of financial funds, and they have to go home and can't continue treatment. Daniel, I know a lot of our listeners are not just in the States, but all around the world now. Um, will you work with anybody in the States, you know, all the States in, in America and other nations as well? So when it comes to international, we've, we've been exploring this more and more with my partner, and, and we have to do it on a case-by-case basis. So we've been looking at private insurance policies in other countries. Um, it has to be some type of private entity without a network coverage. I mean, there's so many different insurance policies and, and governments and different rules governing that. So, But we are looking at potentially helping um, more international patients. We've gotten people some money back um, who had insurance in Mexico recently. Um, we've had some people in Canada who had private insurance. As long as they have the right coverage and we can do our work, then we're willing to give it a shot. So tell us how you, if you did, pivot your business model after you discovered that there were so many Lyme patients in need of your assistance. Yeah, so um, so when I started this business, I, I really didn't have, I wasn't really sure where I was going. I, I, I know that our healthcare system is broken. I know there's so many good people who are falling through the cracks, but it was kind of like, well, how do I find the people that I can help, that I can provide the greatest impact for? And so... Um, it was about two years ago, um, I was just, you know, I was talking to some Lyme patients and they said, you know, Daniel, we spent a lot of money and we can't bill our insurance. I said, are you, are you, you know, you're telling me you spent a hundred grand and you can't bill any of it? And they're like, yeah, Daniel, this is, this is the reality. And I'm originally from Florida, so I wasn't super familiar with Lyme disease. And so I started researching more about it. I was like, these people need some help. So what I did for a while is I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to pitch anyone. I'm, I'm not going to even really talk about my service. I'm just going to learn about the community. And so the first thing I learned about the community is there's a huge need for awareness. So what I did is I actually started a, a Lime Warrior wristband giveaway, and I've sent out about 50,000 of these wristbands all over the world, and I've just been listening to people for years and, and just hearing stories of, you know, what it was like to get the diagnosis. What's it like to, to do these treatments? And over time, I've just talked to thousands of people and learned so much about this ecosystem of, you know, which doctors have which treatments, what the reality of the patients is. And honestly, it's just been the most emotionally tolling thing in my life because what I realized is a lot of Lyme patients, they don't have anybody to talk to. They have no one that they can turn to to, to even share their story sometimes or even at a, at a minimum navigate the healthcare system. That's a joke. A lot of a lot of Lyme patients have no idea. They think, hey, I have insurance that will cover me, but they don't know where to begin. 
Tell us what your plan is to try to make changes uh, in the system so that folks who need uh, this type of treatment will uh, will have it available to them. Yeah. So, um, you know, my, my biggest belief in what drives change is education and awareness. And right now, the average American in our country, whether they have Lyme or lupus or any other disease that, you know, is, is causing them to, to go down this path, they don't understand their insurance policy. They don't understand what's covered, what isn't covered, um, what a deductible is, what an out-of-network, um, you know, what the max out-of-pocket is, et cetera. Some people don't even know the difference between in-network and out-of-network. And when you have Lyme disease, you're going to have a come-to-God moment at some point to realize, wow, like I can't just go pay my $25 copay. So my biggest thing that I'm passionate about is I try to educate everyone I can. I want to get ahead of the curve so that when people are going to receive treatment, they understand what they're getting into. They can financially plan. I would rather have people come at that come-to-God moment sooner than later that if they are going to go spend $100,000 on treatment, they know there's at least some chance to get something back, or more realistically, they, they know that maybe there's no chance of getting something back, so they aren't just banking on, you know, and put them in a particular situation. Um, in terms of the way the provider system is set up, the reality here is that with functional integrative alternative medicine and concierge medicine, that's always going to be out of network. And so those doctors run their practices a certain way, and those doctors have the right to choose to be in-network or out-of-network. I don't foresee them ever going out, going back in-network where you can just pay your copay. But what I do see them doing is being more open-minded to potentially using a service such as Medical Bill Gurus to help build the insurance. And so what I like to tell patients is, hey, if you're between a couple clinics and you're trying to figure out what's the best path to go down and, and you're, you're, you know, on the verge, you know, you can call your, you can, some of them will say, hey, we work with medical bill gurus, right? And then that patient might have the chance to at least have some, you know, percentage back or whatnot. But, you know, it comes down to, even with the clinic, educating them, how can they potentially help build their insurance, help work with medical bill gurus to build the insurance. And it's just education and awareness. And the way I like to say it is awareness is a great agent for change. And so the more that people understand the realities of the situation, how to best help themselves, set them up for success so they can get better and then advocate for themselves. That's going to be the best vehicle, in my opinion, to create some type of change in our healthcare system because there's so many people who are probably in a bed right now and, and can't, just struggling to get outside, and they're going to hear this, and it's just that if we can get that person better, maybe that person's the one that has the secret sauce to change our healthcare system because they've been rock bottom. They know what it's like to get better, and they're never going to forget that feeling, and they're going to have the, the fire of God behind them to try to drive some level of change. But, Daniel, are you concerned about folks who have access to coverage but don't access that coverage within time restrictions, losing uh, the right to be reimbursed? Yes. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I talk with on a, a weekly basis that, hey, Daniel, you know, um, I spent $100,000 on treatment. Can you bill it? And I was like, well, yeah, you have really good insurance, actually. There's a good chance that we can bill it. Um, when did you get treatment? We got treatment 13 months ago. And we go look at their policy, and their time we filing limit is 10 months. So the rule of thumb here is that typically you have, on average, 10 months to bill your insurance for out-of-network treatments. Sometimes that duration is longer. It can go upwards of, let's say, 18 months or longer, or it can be as low as three to six months. It varies from policy to policy, but what drives me insane and what you're alluding to is just how many people are just spending so much money, they have the right insurance, they potentially could get something back, 
but they just have no idea that it's even an option for them. Or the, the other option that absolutely drives – the other situation that occurs that drives me absolutely insane is that, you know, someone says, hey, Gina, you know what? I didn't think that, uh, you know, insurance billing was an option. So I paid $50 less per month for the HMO instead of the PPO. And because they don't have the PPO, they don't even have a chance to get in the batter's box and take a, take a swing at the insurance. They are, you know, there's just no option. There's no pass go, right? I mean, if you don't have out-of-network coverage, we can't help you whatsoever. And so the more I can have those realities brought to people, those educational moments, and that's why I go around to all these different conferences and, and talk with so many support groups and try to put myself out there is to say, hey, here's the deal. I'm a resource available. We do free insurance evaluations. I do free pro bono consulting during open enrollment. So if you're looking at different insurance options and you don't know what to choose, you could talk to me for free, okay? We, we have no fee unless we do the billing. So everything in the front end, I'm here to help you. I, you know, you can set up a time to meet with me. We can sit down and look at your options. I just want people to be educated before they put all they roll the dice and, and throw all the, you know, the, the retirement, the, the college, the 401k in, and just understand what they're getting themselves into and if there's any financial option out there. I know it's easier said than done to get on a PPO uh, private insurance policy, but if there's a way, fight like hell. Fight like every minute of every day you can to get that policy because if you are spending magnitudes of money, five, six, seven figures, we've seen people spend upwards of a million dollars on line treatment, you need to have the right insurance because there's a good chance we could get at least something back. So, Daniel, can you sum up for us a set of recommendations that you would give to folks so that they could get the best outcome they could from the use of their insurance policy? Yes. So, you know, the number one determining factor of how they can move forward or not is you need to have a private PPO insurance policy with out-of-network coverage, okay? The lower the out-of-network deductible, the lower the max out-of-pocket, the better, okay? But um, if you have Medicare, Medicaid, and an HMO or something that does not have out-of-network coverage, then we can't help them. So if they have that, they need to start looking for other options. The second way that they can help set themselves up for success is to reach out to us earlier than later. Don't wait to reach out to us until you're done with treatment. We're very busy. We have a lot of, you know, backlogged work right now. We're, we're getting a lot of really good results. But, you know, let's have the conversation before you go to the clinic, while you're at the clinic, so that way we, we know what we need you to retrieve from the clinic. We can get the right documentation, and we can minimize that timeline. Sometimes a lot of patients will say, well, you know what, I'll wait three months to get my treatment done, and then I'll send everything to medical bill gurus after that. Well, the reality is, is if you had sent me the first two weeks of bills while you were at the clinic at the very beginning, then we could have potentially gotten you reimbursements before you even left the clinic. But a lot of people don't realize we can build things on a rolling basis. So, um, you know, in a nutshell, my best advice is reach out to us. Let's just have a conversation. Let's talk about your insurance coverage, what benefits are available, what can we do to, to be on the offensive to help, you know, navigate the system for you before you even get to the clinic. So now I'm going to ask you one last question to uh, uh, help our um, listeners hopefully avoid having to come in contact with any of us. Through all of the okay. experiences we've had with folks uh, who have Lyme disease, uh, either through conferences or other contacts, um, what would you, what have you learned to pass on to folks to avoid uh, suffering from a tick disease to begin with? I'll go back to education and awareness. I think a lot of people don't realize in the Northeast in particular, I live in Colorado. So in Colorado, you know, ticks are becoming more of an issue. They're not as bad as other parts of the country, but 
a lot of people need to be on the, the defensive as much as the offensive, putting Prometheus on, um, wearing tick-resistant clothing. When I travel and I go to these areas where I know it's ground zero, I'm always trying to make sure I have the proper protection because I, I like to go up for hikes. I, I don't want to stop living my life. I don't want to be in fear of Lyme disease, but the reality is that there's just ticks everywhere and that we need to start taking more precautions, educating yourself on how can you prevent exposures, how can you, you know, and if you do somehow have an exposure, you know, understanding, hey, maybe you shouldn't just can stick with your, your non-mind literate doctors on the street. Maybe you need to just, you know, you know, unfortunately stomach up the cost and just go see a Lyme literate doctor from the get. So that way you can nip it in the bud versus waiting years for it to become chronic and eventually decades if that is unfortunately the case. Thank you for listening to the Tick Boot Camp interview with guest Daniel Lynch. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you need help securing insurance coverage for your tick disease diagnosis or treatment, please visit Medical Bill Gurus on their website at www.medicalbillgurus.com or visit their various social media sites that include Facebook, Flickr, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr, Google+, LinkedIn, and Reddit. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp podcast interview with Daniel Lynch, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Third, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates for the Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review and rating on our website or on iTunes. This is a new effort on our part, and we could really use your help when creating a show that you would like to listen to. We make it a point to read every single one of your reviews. Thank you for listening.